I'm ready now. All right, we're recording. Hello, I'm Charles Musgrove with the Bean Team and your host of Business Matters. This is the second show that we've recorded today with Nicholas Fugate. We went over the how to set up an entity, the entity selection type to give you the best uh, legal liability protection in episode one. Today, on this second show, we're going to go into how to title your assets that you own individually. So if you're married, you've got a spouse, so what is joint tenancy in common, right of survivorship? There's a lot of different legal terms out there, so what do they mean? Uh, how should you set up your bank accounts? How should you set up your investment accounts, Your how you own your house? Uh, you know, the list is endless. Th- these are this is, um, this is a real issue, and this is complex stuff, if, if, um, if you want my opinion of it. I don't think it's real simple, but it's something that you need to think about in advance. And again, all of this is, is um, we're touching on why do you do this. This is to protect the assets. Everybody has worked hard to, to uh, save the assets that they have, whether they're an employee, that they get a wage, whether they, they're a business owner and they get a wage, plus they get the, the benefits from being a business owner. They, they work hard to uh, have assets that they can live on in the future, that they can pass on to their heirs. So how do you protect those? You don't want something too uh, frivolous to happen to take those away from you. So uh, you're not trying to, to uh, penalize those people that should get something, but protect what you have. So Absolutely. This, this falls back into the protect, protect your assets, protect your house, so, uh, Nicholas, thank you for joining us again. We're going to do a little uh, re- music in just a moment. So this is inf- this is uh, this is a section of the podcast that's only on this podcast. Uh, this is before the- we record the radio show, and the radio show is uh, on Real Talk ninety three point three in Tallahassee. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to that. We're on at eleven thirty Sunday morning. Uh, if you miss the show live, you can go back to our Apple Podcast. We have all of our shows there. Uh, we've got some great information out there on Apple Podcasts, so listen to those. Uh, we also have them on our website, beanteam.com. So we're going to get started now with the recording. We're going to have a little music, and then we're going to get right into it, and we're going to launch into individual ownership of assets. How you, how should they be titled of your personal assets, your joint ownership? So let's cue the music, and let's kick it off. Good morning and welcome back. I am your host, Charles Musgrove with Business Matters, and you have tuned in for another great episode. I know they're all great. This is going to be no exception. We've got Nicholas Fugate back with us again today. He's the attorney that's bringing us information about how do you protect your assets, whether it's a business that you set up. How do you set that up the best way? Now we're going to get into joint ownership of your assets. So this is this is really, uh, I think, hit, hits home with many people out there, whether you own a business or not. If you're married, you're going to have joint ownership of assets, whether it's a bank account, whether it's your automobile, whether it's your house, how should you set that up? You know, we hear the terms ownership with right of survival, tenants in common. So, you know, those are legal terms. What do they mean? You're going to hear about it here today on our show. And then when we get through with that topic, guys, we're going to jump into succession planning for a business. So we got a lot to go through. We got a lot of meat on the bone. 
And let me just kick it off right here with welcome back, Nicholas Fugate. Excellent. Thank you for All having right, me. Bring us some knowledge today. You've done that in the past, and we know you're going to do it today. So let's jump right into it. All Joint right. ownership. So how, how can stuff be titled? How can stuff be titled? In this context here, we're looking at stuff that is titled um, outside the bounds of a corporation. So a corporation can own something, and you could be partners with something, and that would be a partnership, and they would own that. In this context, um, Florida recognizes three ways that you can own something jointly. For purposes of our conversation, um, let's start with real estate because that's going to be the easiest to think about. So me and you, Charles, um, we're not married. Um, we are not relatives. Two people, and we want to go in together and buy a piece of land. So, And we've, for whatever reasons, we've chosen not to put that in a corporation. Man, I'll tell you what, if that happens, Nick, we have fallen down and hit our head because we have a, a an attorney and we have a <laughs> CPA and we have not put that into an entity. So, okay, so let's, let's just say we've hit our head and we've made the mistake. We're going to own it together. Tell right. me how we're going to own that. So that the basic level is tenancy in common. That means that you own 50% of the land, I own 50% of the land. Okay. And I can do whatever I want with it. You can do whatever you want with your 50%. So I could go out there and sell my interest in that 50%, and you could be stuck with someone else that maybe you don't like so much. Man. Um, so at the basic level, tenancy in common is a 50-50 ownership. We both have rights of possession, so we could go out there, own our piece of land, or what have you. At the same time, um, if I got tired of you, I could sue for what's called partition, and ask the court to come in there and to split the land either sell the entire thing and give me half the proceeds or you could get real fancy and start asking for drawn lines and that type of thing but usually in that case it's selling the land and taking your proceeds man that's a mess so what happens to outside creditors so if if we have that as in that type of ownership then if i get sued for something then that land is that land then subject to the creditor it is subject to the creditor your 50 percent is okay so he could come in he could uh, foreclose on your interest and then he could sue for partition at which point i would no longer have possession right to be on that land and at the end of the day just be left with a check <laughs> all right so the name of that again is what's is, it that is tenancy in common okay so let's i'm gonna throw us uh another scenario that that's probably simple so if you have instead of you and i owning that land let's say my wife and i open a bank account okay what what's the default in that bank account well, ownership uh, the default is whatever box you check on that signature card okay so what are the what are the options there uh, there are three options owning things jointly here they could be tenants in common mm -hmm. which we just spoke about it could be a tenancy with joint right of survivorship Okay. Meaning that should someone pass, the that other half that's sitting there automatically becomes 100% of the survivor. Okay. So this is a very good tool for um for estate planning if you have a if you have an asset with someone who is not your spouse because that also happens outside of probate. And so the moment that life leaves you under the eyes of the law, that that interest transfers a hundred percent to the other person on that account that is correct. so back if to there the, are two owners right so if there's two so back to the tenant in common that was our first right yep so what happens i know you you would you described what happened in for the land that that's subject to out what is, if you die your 50 percent will be subject to your probate estate so uh, if you okay. were to die 
I would then own land first with your wife if both of you were gone I would be subject to owning that land then with your heirs so what about creditors since it's 50 50 creditors in the probate situation can make a claim against your estate and be able to get the hooks into that half interest if they're both if both people are alive my wife and I are both alive can a creditor come after half of the account if it's if if they're coming if for it's me tenant, if it's tenants in common yes they can okay so from a legal standpoint is that an ideal ownership it is not a good place to be if, okay if so, possible so of the three types that's the least likely of the three if, of the three types uh, that's going to offer you the least protection sometimes you're in a position where you can't help but take it that way okay um say if um my mother has three children and she was the last one to die and she left a piece of land me and my brothers would own one third a piece tenants in common okay all right so tenants in common remember that that's the least favorable option for you tenants with joint right of survivorship that sounds like that's pretty good it does and it's probably the highest form that you can own with someone else who is not your spouse in the state of florida okay and in a lot of other states it's also the cap as to the protection that you can have in ownership of um either real estate or personal property okay all right Um, so tell us what tenancy by the entity tenancy by the entirety entirety a special form of ownership that is afforded to married couples in the state of florida um only married couples only married couples so you and i owning that land we can only own that with joint right of survival that is correct that's the highest form. that is the highest form and so only married couples can own it this way and basically the law creates um legal fiction i'm sure that's a word everyone loves Uh, man Um, (laughs) can i can i uh, use that again (laughs) i'll give you credit for that um it creates a legal fiction in which there is the husband there's a wife and then there's a third entity which is the married couple and if you take ownership in the married couple it is separate from the from the creditors of the individuals that came together to own it that way okay so that from uh if if somebody's coming to you for legal advice that is the best setup for creditor outside protection of your assets that is correct husband and wife husband and wife in fact if you get married and as many people are getting married later in life not when we're 19 anymore it's moving on and on up closer to the 30s right folks will come into a marriage with debt already individual debt and so moving forward from that point in their marriage they should look to own things joint by the entireties so that that protects that couple once they become married from those outside creditors okay so um in order to create that there are six unities um the unity of possession meaning that both parties have joint ownership and control uh the unity of interest the interest in the property must be exactly the same uh the unity of title that means that the interests that the spouses have originate at the same time uh, or in the same document the unity of time means that they come about at the same time so that document should be signed with the husband and wife both present wow so if you have where the with everybody's busy schedule now so if the husband goes in day one or on thursday to sign the opening of the bank account and the wife comes in on friday they could make a point that that was not perfected and and creditors have wow and so um it is always my advice that when setting up the bank account 
that you do it together at the same time and also that it's not just adding a new spouse to an already existing account so you set up an entire new account you set up an entire new account in the past um in the past actually there was a means by which you set up a straw man account and then move it into another account okay so it kind of cleans it if you will it does it does um always keep in the back of your mind moving transferring um property if there is a creditor out there already on your heels true could uh trigger some fraudulent transfer action under the statute listen we are certainly not advising that so no no and when i say that it's it's not fraud as in a criminal act but it gives a mean for a creditor to claw back right and we have talked about this in our other show that what we're creating here in these legal legal documents and how we title stuff and how we set stuff up is it's not a prevention from somebody bringing action what we're doing is we're creating barriers to make it more difficult to penetrate to you individually and to get those assets so we're trying to build the moats build the walls around those assets because that's really our goal is to protect the assets so absolutely again it's not we can't prevent somebody from filing a claim but we can do our darndest to make sure that it's protected absolutely and at the end of the day um if you legally owe someone uh there are creditors rights out there as well exactly so yeah we're we're trying to prevent those situations where you don't owe it and you're preventing the frivolous uh, taking absolutely. of assets absolutely uh, the uh fifth unity is survivorship meaning that that uh interest will survive the death of one of the partners and then finally the unity of married marriage you must be married at the time that this happens so um when those six things are together and you indicate a willingness and intent to open either an account or to purchase something as tenancy by entireties then under the eyes of the law that's what you've created is there any limitation on the ownership of that tenancy by entirety can you own you can own real estate you can own uh bank accounts investments you can own anything now how you get to that point is different whether it's real estate or personal property and even within personal property if it's a bank account um in a banking situation you're presented with a form a signature card right and that signature card may have limits in the state of florida a lot of signature cards only offer you tenancy in common or tenancy with survivorship right um the courts in the state of florida have said that if a husband and wife come in and they're not offered tenancy by entirety but all six of these unities are present and they check the survivorship box that at the end of the day there's a presumption that it was tenancy by entirety oh so if if you if there's only two boxes one of those is survivorship if you check that box that the courts will give you the elevated protection of they entirety? will nice. they will and that's under bill which was I believe was a 2001 case okay and so the courts have decided that and that was based off actually under real estate in the state of florida um if you take title to it the presumption is already there statutorily under real estate but the courts have come in and interpreted for personal property that bank account that if you only have those two options in common or survivorship that if you choose survivorship and all six of these are present then you do have a tenancy by entirety interesting that's good to know so yes that's very important when you go in and do that um because i've not set up a bank account uh recently but i remember uh survivorship being an option and not tenancy entirety and and it usually is i will have to speak to a banker or uh, someone higher up who's making those forms as to why the third box is not there heck those forms were probably created in 
the 1980s and, and they might be and so um and this is an area of law that is not common knowledge and so a lot of times when you have this discussion um folks may not know and so there may be a little bit of education to go on here as well well that's uh anything else on the joint ownership of assets so um i know you had mentioned in passing the house at the beginning right florida also extends excellent protection for the house that is your residence okay in the form of homestead protection um basically your bank who lent you the money um the bank who lent you the money on the second mortgage uh the man who built your pool or your extra addition out back or if you're involved and mobbed up and rico is instituted against you those are the scenarios where a creditor could reach up in and go after your residence um the rest of it is almost ironclad protected here in florida all right so tell me this so we have um oj simpson moved to the state of florida that is correct so my guess is there was there was a money reason for that so did if he puts all of his wealth in the residence that he lives in the state of florida and he pays cash for that does that mean all of that is protected it is protected so that that the house can be a safe haven for cash absolutely as long as you're not using as long as you did not obtain that cash illegally well yeah we'll say that (laughs) since we're on the we're speaking generally on the radio okay all right don't get mobbed up that's my advice that that could be the takeaway number two don't get mobbed up all right so uh are there other states that have that same type of protection as florida or is florida Mm. a rarity i am i know there are other states out there i cannot name them off the top of my head i do know that georgia is not one of them i've dealt with um cases where banks had tried to seize florida property um that the florida property was protected because it was on joint by tenants by the entirety okay and so um we we do live in a state that does protect assets and so um there are various avenues here that we can use to to build those moats and to mitigate our risk build the wall all right so let's go to since we've talked about joint ownership our first show was on protection and setting up of the business entity so now let's talk about succession planning for the business absolutely and this is very important to anybody who starts a business and becomes successful you're going to be running that business and you want to see in some cases you want to see the fruits of your labor when you can no longer labor and want to retire right or if something were to happen to you uh incompetency or death and so you want to have a plan in place right now when you have the opportunity to think about it what am i going to do how am i going to um i don't want to just say monetize this but at the same time how do i reap the fruits of the labor that i put into this business right and in a lot of cases it's a family business um and you want to see it continue to be successful and provide for your kids the same way as for you yeah and a lot of those uh you talk about family businesses and the small business which that's a lot of our listening audience a lot of those don't have a easy value or they don't have a marketplace like a gm stock or coca-cola stock where you you've got a marketplace that you can go exchange that that ownership unit right so now you're dealing with what is the value of that a lot of that value is tied up in that business owner that started that founder that started the business that is absolutely correct and that as has to be in the back of your mind the entire time 
that you're doing this. Um, there are professionals that can come in. That, um, you can hire to come in and to look at your books, look at your growth patterns and the like, and to be able to give you a value um, going forward. Um, or you can do something as simple as a multiplier by the amount of profit I made last year. Um, there, there's various different ways in which to evaluate what that is worth. Right. Um, and at the same time, it could be as easy as the agreement with the person that you're lining up to be the successor. How much do they think it's worth? How much do you think it's worth? Let's yeah, sit that, down at the table and negotiate. Exactly. That's what I see a lot of times because I deal with business owners in these situations. And you can do all the fancy calculations you want to, and those kind of help support your position. However, the true value of a business comes down to what is a buyer and seller say that it's worth what do they want to agree to buy it for or sell it for that's the true value of that business absolutely absolutely and that that breaks me out of my lawyer context a lot because we like to know what kind of evidence am i going to throw up there in front of a judge who's going to be making that decision in some context but not if you got the plans in place exactly and so so, yeah it's it's very difficult and and, uh as an accountant we can run the numbers we can base it on historical we can look at comparables you know there's a lot of you can you can make the numbers twist whichever way you want to 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 a certain degree but it it comes down to can it support that guy coming in that's going to have to pay off that valuation to have to go to the bank and get a loan to pay for it so the business itself has to support it and the for the long term the seller can't ask too much or the deal's going to fall through it won't be able to live through fruition so it has to be good for both parties, and it has to be agreeable. And that's why they call it business. <laughs> it is business. So there is no automatic, it's going to work without without any risk. Absolutely. And so um, when looking at business succession, um, we want to make sure that uh, proper financial measures have taken place, that everything's um, titled appropriately in your business, um, that your business is set up appropriately, that we're not looking at a situation we talked in the last episode about a sole proprietorship. Um Really, if you're owning something in a sole proprietor and it comes down to succession plans, that can uh, Be very really stop up the works. Yeah, so how, um, do you, how do you separate that? And so so the first, if we're ground floor, the first thing is to make sure that you have set up the proper corporation and that you're putting those uh, those walls in between your personal life and your business life. You'll still own, on the personal side, you'll still own that interest. Right. Um, but what where's that interest going to go? And so... Um, the standard if you're not going to outright sell to someone to go into retirement is to either one begin to groom the folks that are going to come in after you or to find a buyer and then set up what is called a buy sell agreement and basically that's a contract that's put into place that when certain actions certain events happen this contract is triggered and we look to this document as to as to the rules that are going to be in this tra- in this transaction from me to whoever's following. Yeah, I would encourage uh, small business owners, if especially if they own the if they're the 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 one driving the business, if they're the one that is making the decisions, they're running the business, they're operating the business. That they th- th- this sounds kind of weird and that you would never do it, but it, I've I've worked with businesses to do this. If they get a buy sell with a competitor that says, hey. If I if I become disabled, if I die, would you let's let's execute this buy sell so that my heirs 
and that business can keep running or there can be an orderly uh, finalization of that business. So it's important that you really think about that before something comes up that you're not able to do it correctly. Absolutely, and to take care of those who are your heirs after you. So say you are running your business, but your family's not involved, and you you don't think that they're going to step in and continue this. Finding that competitor, um, finding someone who has that expertise is not only good for you in that there's value there for them, value for your heirs, but it's also good for your clients. Absolutely. And so building those relationships within the industry that you're working um, can absolutely um, be beneficial to everyone around if done properly. Right. So we talk about uh, getting this buy-sell agreement in place with either someone you're grooming, an outside party, or even a competitor. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about how do you fund that? So if you, if you, the business owner that, that starts the business, and if you die or become disabled, there has to be a funding mechanism to replace Absolutely. that. So um, you can look at this in a couple ways. Um, if we're looking at a corporation that has more than one member, um, you could look in that buy-sell agreement for the other members of the corporation to buy that back. Um, ways of funding, uh, you could look to life insurance. Have a life insurance policy on yourself naming either the corporation or the other members as beneficiaries. And then with this contract in place, those monies that flow out of that life insurance contract would then be directed into buying your share out. Right. Um, yeah, there, there's, um, th- this is going to be beyond the time limits of our show today, but there's a lot of ways to to set up those buy sales, to set up the funding mechanism for that. But really the, the bottom line is to think ahead. Absolutely. Think of the, when you, this sounds, uh, kind of contrary to, to uh, popular belief when you start an organization, but think about how you're going to end it. It's like when you when you start an organization with multiple owners or multiple members, think about how you're going to have an orderly separation or divorce in that business as well. As hard as it is to think of that and to address it at that point, it's going to be a lot easier to address it on the front end than on the back end when when Absolutely. Everything is very sensitive and, and crushed at that time. Corporations are created in perpetuity. We all die. Good point. That's that's a good ending comment. Nicholas Fugate, you have added another episode of great information, great nuggets for those listening. If you want to hear more from other episodes that we made with Nicholas and other subject matter experts, go to our Apple podcast. I want to thank you for joining us on Real Talk 93.3. I'm Charles Musgrove, your host of Business Matters. Have a great day. Have a great week. Join us next week, Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m. on Real Talk 93.3. Again, I'm Charles Musgrove with the Bean Team and host of Business Matters. Have a blessed day. Peace. Some people got to have it. Hey, hey.